the bad man's coming. There's no bad man, Amy, Nicky told the child sternly. There is, Amy whispered ever so faintly. And he's very bad. Stop that, Amy. You're being silly. Story seven. Caxton and Blue. Somehow, Penny found her psychic mind reaching into the thoughts of the distinguished passenger in the Rolls Royce, and what she saw sent a shudder down her spine that was more chilling than the Arctic London weather. In her mind's eye, Penny saw scenes of ghastly violence in the stranger's mind. The first scene was of a firing squad, a line of about a dozen men and women, some of them quite old. Were standing with their backs to what looked like the base of Nelson's Column and two Lancia Lions in Trafalgar Square. There was a loud volley of shots, and the holes appeared in the people, and blood sprayed from some of them before they fell down. Story one: Chilling premonition. God get up! That son of a bitch is coming straight at us! He cried, and the co-pilot yelled into his microphone. Get off! Get off! Get off the runway! The Pan Am crew coolly applied full power to the throttles and attempted to take evasive action by veering the jet plane to the left, so that it would fly off the runway onto the grass. But the Dutch Boeing was already upon them. It was a mere three hundred and thirty feet away now, a second from death. All the same, the pilot of the KLM flight tried to turn to his left, and as a result, he caused the tail of the plane. To smash into the upper right side of the Pan Am Airlines. Story nine: Paranormal traps. Sarah turned the knob and slowly opened this door, and a draft of air blew dust and cobwebs at her face. The current of air caused the narrow door, which had admitted Sarah into the room, to slam shut. She hurried back to the door. And saw that it had no knob on the interior side. Sarah tried desperately to open the door, and she tried to prise it open with her fingernails, but it wouldn't budge. Story three: Sinister abductors. I have no insides. Look, he said, and Julie cried for her mother. Look, what do you think of that? He shouted, and began to laugh hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> he then said, "I will find other children, and I might come back for you if you die." Story five: Strange beings. Jump the lights! Mark shrieked. I can. I'll kill someone and kill us too. Gina shouted back, watching the running men gaining on her as they knocked people out of the way. Gina, jump the lights! They're gonna catch up with us, for God's sake! Clive yelled at her, and his hand felt the door handle as if he was thinking about leaving the vehicle. I might run someone down. Gina replied, staring in stomach somersaulting horror at the three men in the rearview mirror. She could see their ghastly white faces now. Is that you, Antoine? Emma asked, almost smiling now. Hello. The voice replied. Open the door. Open the door. Antoine, where are you? You won't believe what's happened. Emma was saying, when the voice at the other end of the line became raspy for a moment. Open. 
The caller developed a very noticeable lisp now. Emma somehow knew it was that thing out there. It had called her, and she didn't know how it could do that, but this did not sound like Antoine. said the ersatz caller, and Emma yelped and slammed the handset down before retreating away from the telephone. Story 23. The Magic Circle. Mazard continued his invocation. Everyone in the room felt a faint thump at their feet, as if a faint tremor had struck the capital. Tales of the Weird, Volume 3. Written by Tom Slemon and narrated by Nigel Peaver.